Once somebody buys from you once, they're 70% more likely to buy from you a second time. So if you can get that first yes, even with like a $5 product, you're 70% Mm -hmm. more likely to sell them on your bigger, higher ticket thing or like your main thing, you know? Hey guys, welcome back to the First Hustled and Brunch podcast. I'm your host, Jazzy, and today I'm speaking with Alyssa Coleman, a productivity strategist for creative entrepreneurs and the founder of Your Most Profitable Quarter Yet. Alyssa helps creative entrepreneurs, bloggers, influencers, and coaches work fewer hours in their business while getting more done and making a bigger impact. If you want to know exactly what you need to do each day to reach your revenue goals, keep listening. Alyssa is amazing. She's a genius when it comes to this stuff, and she's also hilarious. So I'm sure you'll enjoy this episode. Hey, Alyssa, welcome to the podcast. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you, kind of chat. Yeah. <laughs> talk about all things productivity. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is super important. I know personally for me, I feel like there's always room for improvement where, you know, I feel like I'm being productive sometimes and the other times not so much. So <laughs> sure there's a lot to learn from you. Yeah. It's my favorite topic. So I'm happy to, uh, <laughs> I'm happy to <laughs> tell you anything you want. I think also like, I know you and I both just, uh, had babies and I feel like, I don't know about you, but like time is like hits differently now. Like it's just a whole oh, yeah. new perspective and I it's just a blur. Be, yeah. And like, I've been so, um, like serious about my productivity for years. And then the second I had my daughter, I was like, Oh no, I need to like really take this to another level. So oh yeah, I, I feel like I'm in super that's so now. true. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point too. Based on your life circumstances, what's going on, it might look different for you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah excited to dive in. Cool. So before we get started, do you want to go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about your background, what you do? Yeah, for sure. So I'm a productivity consultant for entrepreneurs. I mostly work with creatives, but, um, you know, I usually find myself or I usually find the type of person who's attracted to productivity and just like automating their business and finding more systems and workflows and like all of those things generally is the person who has for so much of their life, like rejected those things. So that's why I always say like, I, a lot of times work with creatives and that doesn't necessarily mean your industry, like, you know, artists and stuff like that. Although, um, we do have those people, but anyone who kind of identifies as the type of person who likes to go with the flow and like work when they're inspired or, um, you know, doesn't like really rigid schedules because that's the type of person Mm -hmm. that I am. And I found that so much of the productivity, uh, advice and information that was out there was not designed for that type of person. Like it just was so rigid and so like masculine that I just couldn't relate to it. And then therefore I would just reject it and procrastinate even more. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. we created courses and, um, consulting specifically for that type of person to help you not just get more done every single day, but find ways to actually get more done with less time from you. So it's not about like packing more into nine to five. It's like, how can I actually work 10 to Mm -hmm. one and get just as much done? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause I feel like productivity, it 
looks different for a lot of people. So some people think, oh, it just means do as much work as I can in a short amount of time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, oh, I'm doing I'm doing a ton of stuff, so I'm being super busy, and so that means I'm productive. <laughs> yeah, no, that's and such a great point. Maybe you, not necessarily. Yeah, because you can be super busy and like really not be getting much done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So how do you help business owners kind of take a look at that long-term vision and set meaningful goals that help them, you know, be more productive and also see growth? Yeah. So one thing that like I've embraced and I think is really the core of a lot of our work and like stuff that I talk about is really embracing slow productivity. So what you said is actually so key, which is to look at your long-term goal rather than every single day or every single week looking like, what do I need to get done this week? Instead, figuring out like, what are the, what's the like one to four most high value tasks or like projects that I can do this year that if I just did these four things, I would hit my goal. So let's say your Mm -hmm. goal is to like make a hundred K um, this year so that you can quit your job. Like you want to match your job's income or something. You could, you, first of all, are the type of person who really needs productivity because you're probably working like at lunch or like, you know, (laughs) after work on the weekends, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, right, exactly. So you want to ask yourself like, okay, if I just launched my website, if I just got five clients on, you know, um, on rebills, on a payment plan. And if I just started my podcast, like I would probably hit that 10 K per month or that hundred K year, um, by the end of this year, rather than every single week putting out fires. Um, so yeah, my, my first most important thing to do is try to, um, ask yourself, how can I actually extend the timelines on the things that I have to do so that the work that I'm doing is actually getting me a little bit further. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. How do you feel about SMART goals? Because I know people <laughs> always talk about that, you know, setting, making them timely yes. and specific, very specific. Actionable. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> kind of boring to me. Like, I'm sure it works. It's never yeah, really agreed. been the system that I've used. To me, it's like, mm-hmm. make sure your goals are, number one, profitable, because there's so many goals that you can do. For example, I even use the example of like launching your website. In my opinion, like if you're just starting your business, you don't need a website. Like that's just a big way to waste your time. You don't need a logo. You don't need branding. Like all of those (laughs) things are the things that we, (laughs) it's the stuff that we like to waste our time on. You know what I mean? It's nice. I mean, I love like, don't get me wrong. I've wasted many, many, many hours in Canva and I love that (laughs) stuff. But Um, Yeah, like first and foremost, if you're lacking time, make sure that your goals are profitable. But then from there, also make sure that every single goal that you have is reverse engineered, right? So just like I was saying, if you want to make 100K this year, then you know you have to hit five clients on, you know, a monthly payment plan, then... Mm -hmm reverse engineer that. What are, what do you need to do in order to get five clients? Do you need to have a hundred leads on your email list? Do you need to take 15 sales calls in order to do that? Do you need to get on five different podcasts or like, what is the thing when you work backwards? Because then, you know, if I just do these things, I'm going to hit my goal. Um, because Mm -hmm. what I notice is even with smart goals, (laughs) you know, a lot of people are, especially new entrepreneurs. And like, I can just so relate to this. If you're an idea person, you just want to do more all the time, right? Like, okay, so this week, how do I post even more on social? How do I, you know, launch a new podcast? How do I also start TikTok? How do I, you know, like there's so many things that you could do that it's really easy to just like do so much rather than focusing Mm -hmm. very like, um, 
you know, laser focused, put your blinders on laser right. focus just on yeah. that one goal. If it's smart, like that's probably great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like smart goals just don't work for a lot of creatives. Like even just writing out, is it specific? Is it actionable? Like you're like snooze, I'm on to my next idea. Oh my gosh. You know? The one that I hate the most is the realistic. I'm like, what is realistic? What does that <laughs> yeah, even so mean? True. <laughs> like if you think that it's realistic, is it even a goal? Like if you're yeah, like, that's... oh, I can definitely do this. <laughs> yeah. What? Is that yeah, is that a goal? <laughs> like, no, for real. And it's also just like don't like rain on my parade. I, maybe it's not realistic, but let me be delusional. Exactly. About this right now. <laughs> All about being delusional these days. <laughs> right. <laughs> so funny. So how do people, especially in the beginning, like brand new entrepreneurs, maybe they're just getting started. How do they identify those tasks that they should be doing in order to reach that goal? Yeah. Um, okay. So I have a few criteria that I think are the things that you should kind of be hitting every single day. So I have these four things that I do every day that I call my daily non-negotiables and I kind of like recommend them to everyone because there's the person who has the super long to-do list, but then there's also the person who's just like looking at the page or looking at, you know, their computer, they're sitting there, they're like, what should I be doing right now? Like, yeah. I know that I should be doing Need something. something. Yeah. Right. So these are the four things that I think are most important. Number one, like doing something for your mindset work. Like I'm not a mindset expert, but I have my own practice that I do every single day. Um, mine personally is I write out lines. So they're kind of like affirmations, but whatever's like coming up for me in that moment, I will just basically like, just like detention, like write out lines as the positive opposite of that. So like, um, for example, an, an example I love to use is when I first started my business, I always felt like it was like hard to get people to pay me. Like I was like, you know, like, I had, I felt bad saying the price or I thought my stuff was overpriced and I just felt like it was hard to make money. That was like a limiting belief that I had. So I would mm -hmm. write out lines every single day. People fucking love to pay me. Like I would just write it over and over yeah. on paper. And anyway, it was one of my practices that I feel like totally transform the way that I run my business, but also mm -hmm. like things just start coming up, right? Like people will just like randomly send you money like those weird things like that happen anyway yeah do your mindset work <laughs> but then in terms of like being really productive there's three more things that I think you need to focus on number one is some sort of growth so how can you grow your community by at least one person so what are you going to do to get someone on your email list what are you going to do to get another one new follower on Instagram whatever it is whatever your community is you need to do one thing that you know will at least get you one new person in your community that day and get creative with it. But if you're skipping over that part, then it's gonna be really hard to do the next parts. So then the next thing that I think you should do is do one thing each day that like nourishes that community that you've been growing. So even if you have a hundred people on your email list or hundred people following you on Instagram, like that's a hundred people. If you had a hundred people in a room, right. would you be ignoring them or would you be like trying to create relationships or provide value or whatever? So mm -hmm. do one thing a day that is like nourishing in some way. So send an email or post on social or shoot someone a DM, whatever it is. And then the last thing is to make an offer. So every single day, everybody hates when I say this because they're like, every day I have to make an <laughs> offer. But like, yes, either you know, find a way to invite someone to have a sales call with you if that's something you do, or just like mention your product or talk about, you know, one of your client, your current client's results and kind of like humble brag and like mention your course or program. Um, the more you do it, the more obviously opportunities you have to make the sale. Um, yeah. So if you're hitting those four things daily, like you will 
have results. Like there's just literally no way around it. You will have results if you're doing that every single day. I love that you've broken it down into just four (laughs) simple tasks. It seems way easier when you think about it like that because yeah, you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh my gosh, I have so much that I need to do. But really it's just like focus your energy on these specific things and your business will grow. I love that. Yeah. And I try, I literally have it in my calendar, like an hour every morning that I just say non-negotiables and I try to bang it out in that hour. Sometimes I won't be able to, Mm -hmm. like if I want to write an email to my list, maybe I can't get it done in that hour, but I'll then put in my calendar 2 PM, like draft that email and send it out. Um, and if you can bang that out in an hour, then you have your full day to do all those other things like branding or your website or like whatever else. Um, that's like maybe a little bit more fun to you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Something else I like that you mentioned was you just want to attract one new person into your community. Yeah. People feel like they have to attract the masses, you know, like yeah, go viral tomorrow. <laughs> so many people. Yeah. And so that puts the pressure either you don't do anything because you're just like stuck because you know, whatever it's a mindset yeah. thing there or yeah, you end up just That's not so showing up, you know? So yeah, just thinking about serving that one person, getting one more person into your community. I love that. It's so much more validating too, because let's say you get one new follower and you reach out to them and DM them and say, Hey, or like, you know, creep their Instagram, like in the, especially in the beginning, if you're getting like less than five followers a day, reach out, you know, like it's, it's such a great way to, yeah, like welcome them and and to get your first clients. Eventually you want to automate like so much of that process. But I think, um, like we kind of overlook that and kind of want to be that, you know, onto the next step when there's so many opportunities. Mm -hmm. Like we're in such a lucky time right now where literally people will just follow you on Instagram and that's like a real person that is like interested in your business. It's so cool. And yeah. And you know, yeah. Like they made a choice to follow you for a reason. So go ahead and, you know, make that connection. We still do that. Like I do. I know Instagram has made it easier. I'm pretty sure like you can set up automations even just within Instagram alone. So true. Automated messages to welcome people into your community. So definitely look into that. So I know you mentioned this a little bit ago, but what do online business owners waste the most time on? (laughs) I know we talked about branding, spending so much time on Canva, websites, all that stuff. So once you finish your non-negotiables, I guess, (laughs) what are some other things that people could be doing, I guess, that, you know, they might be wasting their time on right now? Yeah. I usually find there's two types of entrepreneurs. There's the person who loves to be behind the scenes and will waste a lot of time working on their website or like organizing their Google drive. And like, they're very busy, but they're very (laughs) behind the scenes. No one can see them. And like, it's, yeah, it's a little bit of that, like that limiting, um, activity that I find some people will waste time on. And I'm totally that person. Like I love to nerd out on a new software or just like go dark and, and take a course or work on a webinar behind the scenes and not share it with anyone and like no one knows where I've been for weeks right I'm really bad at that (laughs) right and certain people like will do that yeah (laughs) um and it's so easy to do because you're like enjoying what you're doing right but then Mm -hmm. there's also the other type of person that does the exact opposite where they waste a lot of time on social media either getting inspired which like I hear people say a lot (laughs) I'm doing air quotes right now getting inspired aka just like scrolling Instagram or TikTok. <laughs> um, or I love to say you, I'm working. Yeah, <laughs> literally I'm working. It's like 4am and I'm just scrolling. Um, 
Yeah. So either getting inspired or even just like posting so much on social, like sometimes that can actually be a big waste of time if you don't have the strategy, you know, to back it up where you're just posting a lot. And maybe even, you know, like we've had clients come to us who have thousands and thousands of followers and are not making any money. And I'm like, dude, we can, you know, we can turn this around super quickly. So you kind of want to actually like ask, be realistic with yourself, which camp do you fall into and try to like take a little piece from the other person (laughs) Um, Mm, because you do want to find that, that balance there. Are you the person hiding in Canva or are you the person, you know, totally (laughs) on social and then just like swap places for, you know, a little bit each day or a couple times a week, whatever works for your schedule. Yeah. Probably batching would help and maybe setting aside specific days like, okay, here's the day that I'm going to do my scrolling to find inspiration yeah. on social media, you know, stick, stick that on Wednesdays, Thursdays, the day that you dig into Canva, you know, yes. spend a little bit more time there. I love that. Yeah. I'm big batching and I love to like, I love that you just said that, like choose a specific day for each thing. Um, cause I do exactly that. Like filming days, everything that I have to film is on that day. Research days. Okay. You can scroll a little bit. You can do, you know, get on Pinterest and like do Mm -hmm. some market research. Fine. But like that only happens on Mondays or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I feel like it also helps when your mind is in like a specific zone for a little bit. That's probably why I said I'm that person where if I'm working on a project, working on a webinar or something, I'm just silent. I go ghost Mm -hmm. and I'm so focused on this one thing. It's probably just because like, okay, my mind is focused on this. I can only think about this right now. I can't really think about the creative side of things. I'm only thinking about strategy in this moment. So maybe also like separating it on different days will help with that. Absolutely. What I, um, the analogy that I love to use is like a lot of people feel like anything that you do in your business, you should do like a conveyor belt. So let's say you're posting, you have to like post this week on social. So first you do the research, then you take the photos, then you write the captions, then you schedule it. Right. And maybe you'll do that like five times because you want to put out five posts that week. What we actually Mm -hmm. find is makes you so much more productive is rather than being a conveyor belt, instead do everything all at once. So you have one day where you do five or, or you'll probably be able to do way, way more, right? Um, instead you want to go ahead and do five or 10 research. Um, what am I trying to say? Research for five or 10 different like types of posts. The next day, yeah. write all of your emails, all of your social posts, um, anything else. Like maybe you want to put out blog posts that week and then the next day do the captions and the next day do your scheduling. And, and I find you can do that like one for one week and you can do the whole month of social posts, emails. Um, you know, you can even plan out your stories and like put that into your calendar if you want. Mm-hmm. And you just get so much more done so much more quickly. Like while you're creating the stuff in Canva for your social media posts, super easy to also create the pins, you know, because you're in the zone and you right. just duplicate it. Boom, pins are done. And then on scheduling day, yeah. super easy. Now I'm scheduling the pins. Like it really works so much faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask you about your creative workflow as far as creating content so that you can get that up and spend less time on social media. Yeah. What does that look like and how can other people kind of build a productive system? And I know yeah. you kind of just mentioned a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like very passionate about this because it took me so long to figure this out. And I feel like content is just such a major part of all of our businesses now. And so many of us didn't so much time, right? We didn't know this was going to be such a big part of our business. Um, okay. So Mm -hmm. here's what I do. Um, I do this monthly at the beginning of the month. I number one, see if I have anything like on promo. So for example, this month we're, um, you know, doing a sale on a course that we have called content that converts is 50% off. I put those days into my little doc. Okay. On these days we have to do promos. 
Then outside of that, I'll like kind of create a theme for that month. So I'll say like this month, since I'm, you know, promoing content that converts, I'm going to put out a lot of other videos, trainings and stuff like that on maybe content workflows or, you know, like stuff that kind of makes sense with that promo. And if you have nothing going on, mm -hmm. then you probably have like content pillars that you use and go ahead and just, you know, choose one of those. Then I create my video prompts. So what our workflow is, is I create one video per week and then I turn that into all the rest of the content. So that one, I create four video prompts. And so the first video is mm -hmm. how to create a really effective content workflow. Then what I do is I create really sexy, like sales points for that video. So two ways you're probably messing up your content workflow and the exact system that I use to do instead. Something like that, right? So I create yeah. that prompt for the video and then I know, okay, this okay, is wait. what I'm talking I about. I gotta interrupt yeah. you. This okay. video, is it for YouTube or is it for Instagram? Where are you putting that video? Yeah, it could be whatever you want. Um, in our case, we put it straight in Instagram. That's like our workflow. Okay. And then we repurpose it for uh, YouTube. We repurpose it for Pinterest and all of that. But like, my audience okay. and what, you know, like who I'm talking to is on Instagram. So I've planned okay, the video. Cool. I planned four videos and created some like sexy, you know, little descriptions for each of them. Then what I do is once I know what my video is about, I go ahead and write four emails to correspond with each of those four videos. So I write out the email and it says something like, do you ever start to create content and then get totally blocked because you have no idea what to talk about and blah, 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 blah. That's exactly why I created this video for you. Go ahead and watch it here. So now I've created some content around this video. Now what I do, so I'm just gonna, now I'm just sharing one so you can kind of see how it breaks down. Mm -hmm. So with that email, I turn that email into a couple different social posts. So the beginning of that email that I was just saying is basically one social post could become one Instagram story. Then I create another one that kind of relates to it. And we try to create three social posts from that email alone. So that's what we do for each one. So four wow, videos, yeah. four emails, and then whatever three times four is, <laughs> um, social <laughs> posts. And <laughs> then we send that off to someone else on our team who will start to create other social media posts around it. But you could do that too. Like rather than trying to create, like we like to post every day, rather than trying to create seven mm -hmm. posts just from that one video, we'll create stuff that's kind of like a tangent to that video, you know what I mean? Um, to go along right. with it. Maybe it's like a quote that goes with this or um, a vlog mm -hmm. that's showing me creating content that week or something like that. Anyway, that's our content workflow. So we have everything there. We can even schedule it. And then all I have to do is once a week show up and film a video and then it goes out and the email goes out and all of that is like done and ready to go a month ahead yeah. of time. Does that make sense? I feel like wow. I explained that, does yeah. it? <laughs> no, it does make sense to me. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I'm trying to figure out a way to get on board with that because I feel like posting on social media is like so much work and yeah. we just talked about being moms like we don't have time to spend on social media all day long. So being able to plan ahead and I love that you're planning a month in advance. That's just yeah. very cool. Yeah. And repurposing the content so much. That's really helpful. Yeah. The one thing that I've been like playing with lately and like I'm not I don't have all the answers around this yet because I'm with you. Like we both just had babies and like, I'm not just at my desk nine to five. Like I used to five days a week. Um, mm -hmm. and obviously when I'm away from my desk, I want to be more present than I feel like when I didn't have a kid, I was just like, Oh, let me film like me making this coffee, whatever. Whereas now I'm like watching yeah. her and making this coffee and trying to like chug it before <laughs> she wants to be picked up, you know? <laughs> so right. 
what I'm kind of playing with and like I'd love your input on this is creating specific filming days where I know like okay Tuesdays are the day that I'm going to kind of film some behind the scenes of my life if I need b-roll for whatever like um you know film me making that coffee or just like make more of an effort and even maybe like on Mm -hmm. Tuesdays I'll make an effort with my hair or something like that and not just like be because I don't know mom life like I'm like in my pajamas <laughs> oh, till yeah. noon sometimes that was the like, other thing until yeah. she takes her nap right <laughs> like maybe exactly. like having that um like speaking of creating days for things but having that as my workflow I think is going to be helpful but yeah it's it's definitely like a new challenge that I'm still working through myself too yeah, I'm not sure how that would look because, yeah, just like you mentioned, we spend half the day in pajamas sometimes. Um, yeah, right? So it's like, okay, I feel like I have to get dressed and like really be prepared to shoot any type of content. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, I know, but it's also sad, but at the same it time, is. yeah, we want to be and authentic I, too. Right. And I don't personally like film my daughter's face. So then that's like a whole other same, level of yeah. like, yeah, so, like, you yeah. want to kind of, like, film these moments, but, you know, like, she's running ahead of me, and I'm like, let me just quickly get this <laughs> shot here, you know, like, yeah. stay away from the road. Um, just kidding, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I wonder if having that as, like, kind of our process will make us more creative with, okay, now I'm just filming my feet pushing the stroller, or, you know, like, but just mm-hmm. having that as a mental goal for the day, all right, I'm filming today, get what you get. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Instead of feeling like you have to film all the things or, you know, go yes. big. Exactly. Break it down into I, small bite I size. feel the same way. Task. And then I film nothing because yeah. I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. It's too much. Yeah. And I put yeah. my phone away. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. There's definitely, and I think like for like different people in different situations too, like if you're at work all day, you can't really film probably at work for your right. side hustle. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like what yeah, can exactly. you film, you know, finding like moments, maybe you always do a morning car chat or I don't know if that's like safe, but <laughs> maybe like before you start the car, you do like a one minute of just like posting to stories or something. Like I think we do have to all find ways to kind of compartmentalize social media a little bit more um, mm-hmm. because it is like it's crazy. It is crazy. And you don't want to feel like, oh, am I editing my life in order to film it? Right? True. Yeah. Yeah. You're not like curating or, (laughs) you know, making it look, I guess, a certain type of way. Mm -hmm. You don't want to, you want to be genuine. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think it's something that just we'll continue to work on and all these different social media platforms rolling out, give us the opportunity. I know obviously video is taking over right now. So yeah, creating content for Instagram reels and TikTok is probably priority. Um, but I just released an episode about YouTube too. And so that's probably what I'm going to try to mm, get back to doing is like create a YouTube video as my main thing and then that. repurpose that. So turn that into blog posts, email and social media content and all that. So we'll see. And shorts. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget shorts. Yes. Oh my gosh. See, there's like so many things. (laughs) I know. I do find like face to cam type content, like easier to bang out, you know, whereas like Mm -hmm. something that's more of a vlog or something you kind of have to be like curating all the time or for a long period of time. So I feel like that's a good, a good um, avenue for you. Yeah. Well, when you record your videos, do you like write out scripts? I know you talked about the prompt, but do you just like start talking? to the camera yeah no I don't do scripts personally just because I 
I don't have a good, great memory. So it's like, I couldn't remember all of that. So instead what I'll do, like I give myself the prompts and sometimes I'll also leave myself a comment that's more of like an internal prompt. You know what I mean? And be like, hey, don't forget mm-hmm. to mention sales pages. Don't forget to mention like, you know, how you do this and just give myself kind of something. And then I'll riff on that topic. That's kind of my my usual um, workflow. Yeah. It might be like, do you, what do you do for YouTube? Yeah, so before I was scripting um because I feel like I just can't look at a camera or else the video will be I speak really fast <laughs> That's yeah. one problem. but I feel like if I just start talking about something I'll be done with the video in like five minutes and so in order to make yeah. it longer I was like okay let me take time to like really think this through and script True. it out but then when I would watch the video back I hated the way I looked on camera <laughs> I <know. laughs> because I was just like you could tell that I you was trying tell. to like either read a teleprompter or like quote something else and so it just wasn't genuine at all um so I'm going to the outline method now so like outline the main points that I want to touch on and then just you know riff on it that way instead love it so we'll see how that works out yeah (laughs) yeah that's I'm I'm outline method all the way because if I see myself reading a script I will just perish yeah (laughs) I can't it just yeah it's so so weird but like when you, well, back in the day, like a couple years at least ago, when I was taking all these YouTube courses and things, they were all saying, oh, you need to script, you need to script. And I'm really? like, why is everyone telling people to script out their YouTube videos? Because this is so weird. Yeah, like yeah. how do you say it without being fan. so, yeah. I don't know. How yeah. does anyone do that? <laughs> yeah, not for me, but I feel like less and less people are doing that now. So that's good. Yeah. And teaching that. So, yeah. <laughs> and then we just went way off on a tangent totally. about creating video content but I mean it's helpful you I know? think it's relevant I think all of us are in that yeah world, right <laughs> trying to figure out what the best approach is to get all this content out especially because that is a huge part of getting people into our sales funnels and getting leads and that sort of thing so do you have any other tips as far as getting more leads and converting those leads into buyers yeah so it's all about the leads right <laughs> We're constantly trying to get new leads. My biggest suggestion is to try to actually create different ways to bring people in on the same like lead magnet or the same entry point into your sales funnel. So for example, like we have a couple freebies now, but in the beginning we just had one. And so I would find like, let's say, so we have this freebie called the big four, where I basically explain what I just talked about, those four daily non-negotiables, and I go into more detail about them. So what I would do is I'd break it out into four different parts and then talk about each different part almost as its own freebie. So it felt like I was talking about different things <laughs> rather than always yeah. sharing the same thing all the time, which if you have to put out a lot of content, which most of us do, you can start to Mm -hmm. feel like a broken record. And like, especially if you're doing your non-negotiables and you're talking about like growth every single day, trying to get people to download that thing, it's good to try to find like new entry points. And why that works really well is because, um, especially when it's a new freebie, you are at that point in like test mode. So you have to kind of figure out what's the thing that gets people to download this. Because sometimes the way you describe it, everyone's like snooze, like boring, I don't want that. But then you'll Mm -hmm. randomly mention something and then everyone's like, wait, what is this thing that you have? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. you, the more like different ways you talk about it, the more opportunity you have to find that like little golden nugget that you can then use all the time or you can expand on and say like oh people love when I share the done for you part of this or people love when I talk about how in the big four I give like a 
an example of a full week of non-negotiables. Like that's the thing that people actually care about. So yeah, that's, that's one really big thing is like finding different ways Mm -hmm. to talk about your, (laughs) your lead magnet. Yeah, that's a good idea. Right. And then the other thing that I find to be really valuable is adding, like, if you have a freebie, adding some sort of small passive product as part of that sales funnel so that you now segment Mm. your list into freebie downloaders and then buyers. And now you have a list full of super hot leads. Like anyone who downloads your freebie should be pre-qualified for your main offer, but these people are like super qualified because they've bought this small product, you know, their buyers already. And that makes when it comes Mm -hmm. to like making the offer and, um, like having them go through your sales emails, or if you're live launching, you know, that you've got a certain percentage of people who are that much more likely to say yes. Um, so that kind of like, it's not necessarily getting more leads, but it's getting more qualified leads. Yeah, for sure. Because the people who buy your products, they already, you know, that no like and trust factor, they already know who you are. They like what you're the content that you're putting out, the content that you've created and sold now, and they trust that you are probably going to deliver on whatever value you're promising, you know, with the next offer. Exactly. And I think the stat is that once somebody buys from you once, they're 70% more likely to buy from you a second time. So if you can get that first, yes, even with like a $5 product, you're 70% Mm -hmm. more likely to sell them on your bigger, higher ticket thing or like your main thing, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good idea. And I feel like people, you know, they overcomplicate it sometimes and think that they have to have these huge offers. But just like you mentioned, a $5 download, (laughs) $7 is very common, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Seven or nine. (laughs) And the other thing that's really great about it too is like, um, I talk to a lot of people who want to have more accessible offers. So make this $9 thing like really freaking good. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, like for the people who can't afford your main offer, a certain percentage won't be able to afford it. Like that's fine. It's not for them right now. Um, But you still have something else to offer because I know like for, especially like depending on your industry, if you're in like a, you know, a, an industry where you're helping people with like Hashimoto's or something like that, like you probably have the desire to help as many people as possible. Right. But obviously like you Mm -hmm. don't have bandwidth to work one-on-one with everybody who has Hashimoto's. So creating another thing is like so validating and fulfilling, but then also is like really Mm -hmm. valuable to your sales process. So that's a (laughs) win-win. Yeah, exactly. You want to help so many people and sometimes you do hit that, oh, I want to help people, but I, when I don't have the time or I can't duplicate myself a million times to help all these different people. Um, and then of course cost comes into play too. And you, yeah, you want to make it a little bit more feasible for people. So what are some of the numbers and metrics that people should be looking at when assessing whether or not they're profitable and productive? Yeah. Um, I love that you asked that because I'm like, so this person, I love tracking my numbers. I think it's um, something I avoided for way too long when I first started my business because I like hated, I failed statistics twice in university. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I just like don't like stuff like that. But once the numbers were like related to the numbers that I saw in my bank account, like everything became more interesting and suddenly I'm like a numbers person oh, yeah, now. For sure. <laughs> so yeah. I avoided it for so long, but okay. Two things that I track and I think everyone should track personally. Number one, you want to track your growth. So like week after week, how many new people are on your email list? How many new people are on whatever social platforms that you're like really actively trying to grow? Don't try to grow all of them at the same time. Like I think that's something that is alluring to like 
repurpose everything and be everywhere. But I think it's more valuable to say, okay, I'm trying to grow on YouTube right now. I'm trying to grow on Mm -hmm. TikTok, whatever it is. So tracking your email list and tracking your social so that you know, hey, last week I sent out these social posts and our email list grew by a hundred people. And so what did we do and how do we do that again next week? You know, that's really important. Mm -hmm. Like so, so, so important. Then you want to be tracking um, your conversion rates. So when you send an email, how many people open it? When you send an email, how many people click it? This is so important. But then most importantly, when you send out sales emails, how many people actually take action to either get on the phone with you to uh, book a call or actually purchase? Those numbers, like you really want to know because then you can start to project how much you're going to make based on how many Mm -hmm. emails you send. And Then the last thing is if you are somebody who's doing um, like sales calls and you're having those conversations on the phone, you want to know what your conversion rate is from email. So like, let's say you send an email, hey, book a call with me here, (laughs) make it better than that. But like, let's say that's the email goal. Mm -hmm. Um, What percentage of people who clicked that link actually booked into your calendar? And knowing the industry standard or knowing what you want to be hitting, right? Um, That number. Mm -hmm. Then of all the people who booked a call with you, how many people will actually show up? So knowing your show rate. Um, Of the people who actually show, how many did you close? Knowing your close rate. So then you can then, like I said, most important thing is being able to reverse engineer. I want to close 10 clients. I know that my close rate Mm -hmm. is this, so I need to have this many people show up. And my show rate is this, so I need to have this many people book. And I know that in order to have that many people book, I need to send this many emails with this many people clicking. And like, it really just becomes this like domino effect, right? And you just say, all right, Mm. and you send 10 emails where 10 people click each email and I book, you know, 20 calls and then I'm going to have my, however many clients I need. Um, And obviously it's not like an exact science, but having those Mm -hmm. like goalposts is so valuable and and, um, just makes your life so much easier. Cause you can say, then even go like, you know, even more um, zoomed in and say, okay, so in order for that to happen, I need to have this many people on my email list. Because I know if I send one email, I get this many people to open. So if I need, mm-hmm. you know, 500 people on my email list, how many people do I need to grow with, grow my list by between now and, you know, November when I want to have those 10 clients? Maybe it's three people a day. And like, that's such a manageable goal that rather than being like, I need to grow my list, I need to close 10 clients. You're like, no, I need to grow three clients a day and send that one email a week. And then like, I'm set. It's just just so much more manageable and less stressful, which I think is like so key when Mm -hmm. it comes to productivity. Like my whole thing is trying to find your triggers. What are the things that cause you to procrastinate? What are the things that cause you to, um, like feel like you're just on this hamster wheel and like you're putting out fires all the time. And if we can eliminate those, then you're going to be productive every day because it's going to be easier to be. Mm -hmm. And you said you track those metrics every single week. Yeah. Yeah. Every week or yeah, like some things like the calls we would track like after each call, but yeah, every week we have those, um, in a spreadsheet and we're tracking. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's smart to do on a weekly basis rather than monthly or even some people are doing quarterly, which I can never wait that long, but (laughs) you know, just so you're kind of staying on top of what's happening. And plus, like we just talked about content creation for so long, you'll know exactly how to pivot your content, whether that's emails, videos, whatever you're creating week by week, because you're so on top of the data, you know? Yeah. And it, it just like tells, uh, it tells a better story when you're tracking more often because you're in it still, you know, like at the end of a quarter, it might be too late Mm -hmm. for you to pivot that content, like you said, or 
you just might not remember. Or, you know, like if you track at the end of the week and you're like, wow, we grew our Instagram or we grew our email list by a hundred people. You know what? It was probably those, that post I did. Cause I got like 30 DMS from yeah. it and it's like still at the top of your mind, you know? That's so true. Yeah. You'll remember what's going on. Yeah. So you just mentioned people procrastinating. So <laughs> what are some reasons people procrastinate and how can they kind of overcome that? Okay. In my opinion, and I'm like a recovering procrastinator. I, this is like, I'm that person <laughs> that handed in her paper late every single like essay I had to write. I did it the night before. I'm, I, I just like put things off and I, I'm that person that would always say like, I work really well under pressure. Like that, if you say mm-hmm. that, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're a procrastinator and you don't work well under pr- pressure. You just like literally put everything off until you cannot not do it. <laughs> um, yeah. And my theory that has been backed up by other, you know, studies and stuff, but, um, is that we all procrastinate based on something that we're afraid of. So we're trying to avoid something and it's never just the job, right? Like, and especially like we're finding out more mm. about different, like, you know, people who are neurodi- neurodivergent and like what it feels like to do each task. And like, so being very clear about yourself, like what is actually holding me back from doing this? So, um, for me, a lot of times, like I'll give you kind of more of a life example. Cause this is something that I was just doing, but like I will put off paperwork till like literally I'll put it off until it's like almost illegal that I haven't done it yet. You know what I mean? Like I need to sign that bank document and I just like won't do it. And it it would take me two minutes, but I'm just avoiding it. And it's usually because I feel like, okay, I'm going to have to read all of this stuff. What if I don't understand it? Or what if I have questions about it? And like, it's never that big of a deal, but it's just like my own fear and like insecurity and just like stress around this thing that would truly take Mm -hmm. me five freaking minutes. But the more I can get clear and say like, oh, I'm stressed about doing this because I'm worried that once I fill those forms in, I'm going to have to have a call with the bank manager and he's going to be asking me questions about running my own business. And maybe it's going to be harder to get a mortgage if you're self-employed. And I don't want to, like, I'm scared that all this is going to happen. You know, spoiler alert, none of it did happen. (laughs) So I didn't need to be Mm -hmm. procrastinating it. But it's always this like bigger story that you're telling yourself then oh, I don't feel like signing those papers and reading them. So if you can get to that and kind of say it out loud, sometimes it feels silly, like, you know, to say, to write it Mm -hmm. down on paper and you're like, oh, that's actually not true, but that's kind of the story that I'm telling myself. And so with anything, if you're putting Mm -hmm. off like showing up on social, what's the actual reason? And then you write down on paper, like, I'm afraid, you know, Brittany from high school is going to see it and she's going to send it to Ashley and they're going to judge me. And then you write that down and you're like, wait, yeah. fuck Brittany and Ashley. I actually didn't like them then and I don't care if they yeah. watch my stories now. <laughs> but like, if you don't like, yeah, if you don't put it down on paper, I find it, you can just procrastinate on it forever. And so being more yeah. aware of that, and that's why I do feel like it's so important to do that mindset work every single morning, whether it's your yeah, lines or, to say that. right? Mm-hmm. Like going there because entrepreneurship is a mental game, especially if you're a solopreneur, like yeah. it's you, it's you and only you. And you are so mm-hmm. often the bottleneck of your own business. <laughs> um, mm. so that's one thing, like figure out the real reason you're procrastinating. And like, sometimes that's hard. The second thing that you can do that it's more like kind of a hack is can you, what I call shift the blame. So make this somebody else's problem. <laughs> so I'll give you an example of what I mean. <laughs> so something that I would avoid is editing my videos, um, or even filming the video. So mm-hmm. what I would do is I would tell my assistant Maria, I would say like, on Friday, can you edit this video? Therefore, 
by Friday, I have to have this video ready because I've already told her and she's coming to work on Friday to edit the video. Yeah. So maybe that's me playing into my procrastinator tendencies, but like, you know, <laughs> I'm 33 years it's old. Fine, like huh? that's kind of, I'm. some things are kind of just baked in here at this point and that's just how it's going to be. So work with that <laughs> and like figure out, okay, if I know that I'm going to pay Maria on Friday, I better have this done. Otherwise, you know, she's going to be here getting paid to do nothing or whatever. Right. Um, so like, yeah. what is the mm-hmm. thing that will work for you and shift the blame onto that? Um, so, and if you don't have, you know, an assistant, you could do it in so many different ways. Like you could say, oh, I'm going to send my friend this sales page and ask her to come over on Friday to read the sales page with you. And if you don't have it done, you're going to feel mm-hmm. embarrassed maybe or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So find some sort of external motivation. Yeah. To, <laughs> find to a way to shame you. yourself into doing the task. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, like sometimes it is good oh to, to, you know, find out what would actually motivate you <laughs> and then put those things in place. Yeah. And I guess too, like you just mentioned having somebody else edit your videos, maybe this is an opportunity to outsource if you, you know, have the bandwidth to do that. Yeah. And so often like you could put off a job for a week that someone could do in an hour and it's like, maybe you don't want to pay them a hundred dollars mm-hmm. to do it, but could you make a hundred dollars in that week, <laughs> you know, that you were procrastinating, putting this job off and not doing anything else. Um, it's, it's something to consider. Yeah. Saves you so much time. And then you could end up making more money, you know? Totally. So, yeah. That's really smart. So what are some steps I guess someone can take to audit their business, take a look at everything and kind of identify those areas and systems that they can improve and optimize? Yeah. So Okay, let me try to like simplify this because it is a big, <laughs> that's like a big thing to do if you want to audit your whole business yeah. and see, you know, what systems you need and what you don't need. Um, that's actually something we do. Like we offer calls to actually audit people's businesses for them because it's sometimes I find too, mm. like really hard to see it when it's your own thing. Like, you know, sometimes it's when yeah. it's your own business and your own baby, like your little business baby, yeah. it's hard to see the, the, <laughs> your blind spots, right? But a few things that you want to ask yourself is you want to kind of look at um, your week and you can even use specific apps. I think there's one called Rescue Time that like monitors what you do on your computer all day. So we'll say you spent this long on Facebook, you spent this long in Canva, you spent this long in your inbox. Definitely don't need that. You know, it's scary (laughs) when you see it, but you want to like get that report from Rescue Time or just write it down if you don't want to do that. Um, and then ask yourself, okay, what category do all of these activities fall into? Are they all operations? Are they all sales? Are they growth? Are they marketing? Like what were these things that I was doing? And you want to kind of, you know, like strike a balance, but not even really a balance. I say like, you have to spend the most amount of time in sales, then in growth, then marketing, then operations. Um, and you know, so, so just notice and find out for yourself, what's your tendency? Are you spending a lot of time in operations, which is like maybe delivering, uh, work to your clients. You're spending time on client calls and, you know, maybe you're a graphic designer and you're like working on the websites and stuff like that. So 90% of your week is ops. And then you have no time for sales growth or marketing, you know, then you want to be thinking, okay, how can I put systems in place for these other things? And how can I shift my week and create like, um, structure for myself so that I'm, obligated to show up for sales or I'm obligated to show up for marketing or how can I have specific funnels that are doing a lot of the sales for me while I'm working on client work like so I would you know just take a broad look at your week and just make sure that you feel confident 
like I said, when you, at the beginning of the podcast, like go back to your year goal and ask yourself, like, if I just did this, what I did this week, every single week, would I hit that goal that I have, which is, you know, 10K mm-hmm. months or hundred K at the end of the year. If the answer is no, then yeah. you got some work to do. <laughs> Time to reevaluate. Yeah, totally. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was super helpful. I know I learned a lot. <laughs> There's some things I want to implement, especially like <laughs> the four non non-negotiables. That's crucial, especially when you're super busy. Yeah, you and have an hour. If you work full time, you're a mom, whatever. Like, yeah, take an hour and get that stuff done, and yeah, and see how it improves your business. I feel like that's a good like challenge. Thirty days of completing that for non-negotiables. Hundred percent. See how that impacts your business and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, honestly, try for a week and see what happens. Like, make it a habit, and yeah. it's just like any other habit, like exercise, whatever it's hard in the beginning and then it gets easier and easier and easier. And it's just like kind of part of your, you know, it's it's part of what you do every day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, one of the last questions I always ask my guests is what is the most important lesson you've learned when it comes to entrepreneurship that you wish you had learned sooner? Ooh, that's such a good one. Um, (laughs) I feel like I've learned so much from being an entrepreneur. (laughs) I think one, (laughs) one lesson that I've really had to learn kind of the hard way is that nothing's ever going to be perfect and you just have to keep failing forward as they say you know like keep putting out messy weird shit (laughs) and eventually you're going to get better and better and better rather than like what I would do when I first started was like try to become a master at Canva. You know, I would take the course, I would watch the webinar or try to become a master at email marketing. And I would take these courses and like Mm -hmm. the things that actually taught me the most and the ways that I've actually gotten better was by creating a sales page. And then that one was kind of shit. So then I, I, you know, a year later we created another one and then I got feedback from clients and then I improved my client process and then I could put that on my sales page. And like, it's, you learn through doing and making those weird mistakes. That's so true. No matter what you do, when you look back on it in a year or even like a couple months, (laughs) like it's going to be, you're, you're going to be embarrassed of it. And like, that's a good thing. If you're not (laughs) embarrassed of it, then you, you, you took too long on it, you know? Yeah. Honestly, it means that you're probably not growing because you're learning new things too. Just like you said, you've learned so much with entrepreneurship, you know, like if you're not embarrassed or, you know, feeling some type of way, yeah. you know, feels a little cringy, <laughs> then there's probably room for growth there. Yeah, I know I'm true. getting ready to update my course. Um, and it's like, the course is great. The content is great. The strategy is great. None of that's changing. It's just the delivery. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to like, polish it a little bit more, a little bit of rebranding, you know, I've learned, you know, a little bit more about funnels and putting the course together and that sort of thing. So I want to implement that. So yeah, I love that constantly learning and updating. And honestly, like technology is changing so, so, so fast now that like products we made a year ago, we're (laughs) we're making upgrades to them now to use AI and like to use different software. Like Mm -hmm. things are changing so fast that you kind of got to just keep up, you know, you just have to Put yeah. stuff out and fix it later. Yeah, so true. And um, like obviously don't, you know, put out crap, but like <laughs> do, it's always going to be, there's always going to be room for improvement if you ask me. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Do you want to go ahead and share how people can connect with you, learn more from you, check out your programs? Sure. So 
Speaking of non-negotiables, if anybody wants to download the non-negotiables, you can go to alyssacoleman.ca slash big and that will give you what I call the big four, which is what we've just been talking about and give you some examples and stuff like that. Um, so you can grab that or you can follow me on Instagram at alyssacoleman.ca and we can keep up there. Perfect. Well, I'll put all of that in the show notes too. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. This was so fun. Thanks for tuning in to the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I'd love if you subscribed and left us a review. Another way to support the podcast is to take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram story. Tag me at First Hustle Then Brunch so I can repost it. Thank you so much for supporting the show and I'll see you in the next episode.